Hello, and welcome back to Campbell and Company's podcast on fundraising during COVID-19. If this is your first episode, we're using this series to show how nonprofits have kept their fundraising strategies fresh and responsive during a difficult time. To learn more, visit our COVID-19 information hub at campbellcompany.com slash COVID-19. This week, Campbell and Company Vice President Melissa Berliner spoke to PJ Powers, Artistic Director of Timeline Theater Company in Chicago. Let's listen in. Welcome, PJ. Hey, Melissa. Good to have you here. I'm thrilled to be here. Where else would we go? I know. We just like live right here on these little <laughs> screens together. So I have had the good fortune to partner with you, PJ, over these last few months and learn from you as you've navigated these waters, these COVID waters. And I think that Timeline is doing some pretty exceptional things with respect to donor engagement and cultivation. And I am looking forward to sharing those learnings with our audience. But first, why don't we start with a little background on Timeline. So if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about the company and yourself, that would be great. Uh, sure. Um, so. Timeline was founded in 1997 by myself and five others. Uh, we had all met at DePaul University here in Chicago at the theater school. And um, a couple of years after uh, graduating and we all were out doing, um, pursuing our, our own respective careers, we came back together um, really under the leadership of my colleague, Nick Bowling, uh, who presented an idea that um, we start a not-for-profit theater company in Chicago and and start with a mission that was focused on exploring history. And my great badge of dishonor that I've worn now for the past 23 years is that uh, I was one of the first naysayers to, to the idea, not only to just starting um, yet another theater company in in this uh, very rich community of, of theater companies. Um, but I questioned um, the sex appeal, if you will, of a company focused on, on, on history. And, and it sparked uh, a great debate that, that first night, April 9th, 1997, literally the first time that we had a conversation, we had this rigorous debate about what what is a quote-unquote history play and and uh excitingly we've been having that debate now for for 23 years and and really the the focus of what timeline was born to do and what we've now been doing for 23 years is um not just about looking back um at history but looking for links between the past and the present. So um, really Timeline is about exploring social and political issues of today, but using the lens of the past for insight on how we got to where we are today and how we might perhaps move past where we are today. Boy, do we need that lens right now. Is there... Anything you can do to bring that lens up on stage for us in this moment? Yeah, we we started in 1997 really with the humblest of beginnings. All six of us threw in $50 to become incorporated as a not-for-profit. And and we turned that nest egg of $300 um, uh, into 
our start and uh, and we spent a full year before ever attempting to produce a play uh, to build that $300 into a, a foundation and to really develop what this mission was and and develop an infrastructure and to essentially start behaving like we were a far, far, far bigger organization <laughs> than our $300 uh, really showed. Um, and, and that time and thoughtfulness that we spent in, in the first year has paid dividends. So that 300 bucks has turned into, I mean, our, this past year, we had an operating budget of about $3 million and, and we've now produced over 85 shows in 23 seasons. Um, you know, that $3 million budget was pre COVID. So our budget in the coming year is not going to look like that, but, um, but the, the growth trajectory of timeline has really been slow and steady and, and consistent of just up, 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 up. Uh, you know, I've heard your origin story before, but I never knew that you were the naysayer. So you might have to bring that up in the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, because my, look what you've built. Uh, it's pretty amazing. So the thoughtfulness you describe in the way you've grown and evolved over the years is something that I've noticed in this time in particular, as you work to pivot, everybody's new favorite word, uh, think about fundraising, engage donors in new and different ways. So can you share with us the most innovative fundraising practice you've introduced during this time? Well, there's nothing in innovative about this word, but I think it's the most important word is transparency and, and being honest with your supporters about where we are and what we know and more importantly, what we don't know. Um, and if ever there was a time that it is, a no brainer to be transparent. It's, it's now because people have the same lack of facts <laughs> in their daily lives as, as we have trying to think and plan and budget and, and, and program. Um, so, you know, early on um, in our shutdown early on when this room and this screen became all I had, um, <laughs> Uh, we started, you know, pretty robust outreach of just calling our supporters and first and foremost, just to check in with them as, as people, as, as human beings. I mean, if there's one thing that I would say has permeated all of the conversations over the past weeks and, and months is that many of the conversations having with our supporters are as much about how are you and your family doing as they are about how is our organization budgeting and what does this mean for our payroll and what does this mean for, for programming? Uh, in, in many ways, the relationships with our supporters have deepened and I've learned things about them and they've learned things about me because uh, there's this great equalizer of vulnerability that we all have right now there's this great equalizer of anxiety that we all have right now. And there's this great equalizer of we have time to talk because we can't go anywhere else. 
so yeah, I think you'll probably return my call if I reach out. Um, so um, anyway, back to your question about an innovative uh, thing. It kind of unexpectedly um, in late March um, when mask wearing was just starting to be a thing um, and when you couldn't just go into any store and purchase one, surprisingly. Um, my wife, who's unbelievably crafty, started sewing masks uh, uh, because she just wanted to feel useful for friends and, and family. And what she initially thought was, I'm gonna make a few dozen masks for the people most beloved in our, <laughs> in our friends and family. Um, I said to her like, hey, you know, I've, I've just got a few of our supporters who, some of them who maybe are in the vulnerable category or elderly or may not have access to masks, you know, would, would it be okay if I reached out to a couple of people and said, do, do you need one? Well, <laughs> a couple hundred masks later. <laughs> oh my goodness. Your poor wife. <laughs> um, uh, she ended up making over 300 masks and, 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 probably half of those ended up going to uh, people connected with my organization. Um, uh, but it was, it was really lovely. And so I spent, I spent a lot of time in late March and early April driving around town when it was shockingly very easy to get around because there was no traffic, uh, <laughs> freakishly so, uh, uh, dropping off little little care packages of, of masks to many of, of our, our donors. And I, I mean, just last week, so this is almost four months after delivering a mask to one of our donors, I received a phone call um, from him saying, and you just have to thank your wife again because I wear her mask every single day and it has been you know, a, a lifeline for us. And so, you know, that's, that's a, a really unexpected, um, bizarre thing that she takes, should take much more credit than, than me. But it really, it was about just meeting our donors on a very human level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what, what do you, what do you need right now? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it has nothing to do with, <laughs> with running a theater company, but yet it has everything to do with how we run our theater company, which is about, building relationships with, with people that, that go beyond buy a ticket, come in, go home. Mm -hmm. You know, so much to unpack there, you know, in addition to just the relational aspect of it, I think there's an instinct to give people space during this time, quite literally, because we have to, but also that's, you know, translated uh, into other realms as well. Of, I don't, I don't want to bother you. I just want to, you know, let you process and, and do what you need to do, but you've in fact done the opposite, which is to keep donors closer to you um, in, in any way that you can, in any reasonable way that you can. And I think that's pretty incredible. As you look forward, uh, what is it about fundraising in this period that you will take with you? What will you apply going forward? Being unafraid to ask for help and being honest about why, why I say I, meaning my organization, need it. Um, and, uh, you know, if there's, there's one thing that 
well, timeline's trajectory over 23 years has, has taught me, but definitely this past year has taught me is uh, the people who support our organization are invested emotionally, intellectually, and financially. Um, and perhaps in that order. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and and um, they, they want us to come back and they, they want us to make it through. And they're aware that not every organization is going to, not every theater is, is going to make it to whatever year or month um, live performances resume. And, and the, the people who have connected with, with Timeline, whether it's over a couple decades or just in, in the past year, um, they, they, they believe in what this, this mission is. And, and, and the more that we're honest with them about what it takes to run our business, um, the, the more that they, they want to step up. And um, so many of the conversations been having uh, haven't been asking for, for anything. It's just been talking about what's happening with us. And, um, and yet many people have decided even unasked to make a contribution. Um, and, and, and it's, it's about just being, being very candid about here's what we're trying to do. Here's what maybe stands in our, our way. Um, and again, being as, as transparent as, as possible, you know, I've had conversations in the past few weeks with donors, um, and let them know, Hey, by the way, I'm on furlough right now, but I'm very happy to still be, be talking with you. Um, and, and the, the surprise, um, from many of them, like, wait, the, the artistic director is on, on furlough, but then within that same breath, so many of them said like, well, of course you are. Like, that's how, how thoughtful I think Timeline has, has always been. And, and I trust that, that the organization has a plan. Um, and, and it's helpful to know what part of that, that plan is. So I think as we look at the next couple months, um, a lot of our communications are going to be about taking that even further and, and trying to reach out even more, whether it's through this medium or, um, or just on, on the phone. Um, because it's sadly probably a little while now before we can, you know, get together for coffee. Well, I think you, you've offered our viewers some expert advice here, thoughtful, transparent, relational. It's really, that's it. That's what it takes. Uh, and you've got it all. So thank you for being our guest thank today. Thank you for your insight and be well. Thank you. That's it for today. For more information, please visit us online at campbellcompany.com slash COVID-19 and follow us online on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Thanks for listening.